Hello, and welcome to the EACCNY Pulse, a podcast platform that showcases transatlantic business insights from our members. My name is Paolo Fratini Melendez, and I manage our new initiatives here at the European American Chamber of Commerce in New York. Among them, our series on the future of finance, which features high-level European and American executives from the financial sector as they take a look into the crystal ball. This episode features Brian Wayne, Chief Executive Officer of Bank of New York Mellon's Government Security Services and Clearance and Collateral Management, in conversation with Yvonne Bendinger-Hochschild, the Executive Director of the EACCNY, as they discuss the future of the collateral market. We hope that you will enjoy this series, and I encourage you to rate and subscribe to the EACCNY Pulse on your favorite podcast network. Hello, everyone. We're here with Brian Ruin of Bank of New York Mellon, and we will be discussing bridging the collateral divide. Brian, how are you? And what are the challenges in today's collateral market and um, what's different from the past? So thanks, uh, Yvonne, for uh, hosting me and BNY Mellon, and I'm doing well. To get to your first question, I would say that if you look at it over time, the most significant challenge facing the industry today is the much wider requirement for collateralizing trades. Now, this does go back to 2008, but if you think of prior to the great financial crisis, collateral was generally posted in one direction, from buy-side firms to banks or broker-dealers whom they traded with. Post-2008, many more trades, and with the imposition of the uncleared margin rules, I would say this has even become more so, are subject to bilateral collateralization with both the buy side and the sell side posting margin to third-party custodians such as BNY Mellon, largely for risk purposes to protect themselves in the event of a default. The other thing that's changed is Basel III Accord and the numerous other post-crisis regulations, all of which result in institutions focused on collateral, liquidity, how they're financing themselves, and hence collateral efficiency, which I guess is the reason why we put together this paper, Bridging the Collateral Divide, which you referenced in in the introduction. So with that background in mind, I would say that there's really three big challenges uh, that face collateral market participants. The first is sourcing collateral. We mentioned that many of the regulations are requiring firms to post collateral in both directions. So the first challenge is how and where do you source collateral? The broader collateralization across the world calls for a demand for more high-quality liquid assets. There has been a significant issuance of high-quality liquid assets, which include government securities, investment-grade corporate bonds, and, and high-grade equities. But sourcing it does present a challenge to the market. Tri-party agents like BNY Mellon, among others, are able to assist clients in transforming lower-quality collateral into higher-quality through our security lending uh, franchise. Um, in addition, the collateral agents and, and BNY Mellon has made it a, a key priority through our technology innovation to broaden the universe of acceptable collateral beyond the traditional government and uh, high-quality corporate bond categories. In 2020 and in 2021, we've added exchange-traded funds, money market funds, uh, certificates of deposit, special purpose acquisition vehicles, all high quality assets, but just adding a diversity of collateral. The next big challenge is collateral efficiency and optimization. A client enters a transaction that requires them to post collateral. Bilaterally managing that process, which 
perhaps as much as 50% of the market still does that, bilaterally manages that process with various counterparties. It's resource intensive and it may not be the most efficient way to actually manage collateral in, in my view. Um, we've seen numerous buy-side firms to established mechanisms of managing and settling collateral, such as tri-party collateral management provided by the, the big custodians, including BNY Mellon. Even where a tri-party agent is used, the ability to ensure that the right collateral is posted against the right obligation, the optimization function is really the key function that allow clients to, to meet the challenge of being most efficient and managing collateral optimally. And then the third challenge is around mobilization. The issue here is that internationally active clients use a variety of custodians or sub-custodians or hold collateral at central security depositories across the world. So how do they mobilize and manage that collateral? And one of the challenges that we found in the paper is the lack of ability to quickly move those assets from one location where they may be situated to where the collateral is needed to collateralize an exposure. That process today can be time-consuming and inefficient, and oftentimes collateral can be dormant or, or not be used for a day as it's moving in transmission across the various platforms. This is an issue that um, the collateral marketplace is focused on tackling collectively um, with the assistance of the regulators, trade bodies, we at BNY Mellon have taken a leading role in driving the discussion forward through our work in advocacy and through some of the leadership we're doing in some of the bodies like the European Central Bank's Collateral Harmonization Task Force. So I want to dive deeper into that for a minute. Um, just uh, talk a little bit about the challenges um, when it comes to nomenclature. How are we calling things? Are we calling things the same um, across yeah. um, various platforms? Yeah. To answer your question about the need for this important market to harmonize, where bilateral collateral management is used, that is, a tri-party agent is not involved. And that is a sizable portion of the market today, although we're seeing movement that, in fact, more and more bilateral is moving to tri-party. If each of the counterparties to the trade was to use either a different valuation method to value the underlying collateral, that can or is likely to lead to a dispute when there's a margin calculation because both are using a different price for the underlying collateral. And if it moves, if they don't have the same price, obviously the the margin call that's calculated will be different depending on who does who does the margin calculation. Where bilateral collateral management is used, the counterparty is using the same calculation agent for that margin call. If they're both using different custodians to hold their assets, they may have the same margin call that's calculated, but by virtue of the fact that they're using different custodians, there could be different cutoff times for open, for closing, for settlement. So you actually have the right margin that's calculated, but you have different settlement instructions. So these are two sort of operational things, but they do get in the way of an orderly settlement of this important market. And for those parties, even using the same terminology for the same term, one may be saying the word termination, where one may be calling for the cancellation of the trade. If that's not harmonized, and if both counterparties are not speaking about the trade or what they wish to do with the trade, it may need, you know, it'll certainly get resolved, but it may need humans to get involved to sort of figure out what is 
the issue in terms of the next stage of the trade. So different valuation, different nomenclature, or different terminology, and then different operational or different settlement, all of which I think um, make bilateral posting of collateral challenging. As this market evolves, um, I think you'll get a sense that there's a demand for speed, for collateral velocity, and for uniformity in it. I think the move towards using the most efficient mechanism or platform for the settlement of these trades is where this market is likely to go. But I think at a minimum, the harmonization of how we're discussing or talking about this market is something that is likely to occur. We're here between the lines that artificial intelligence, using technology to speed up the processes with all of these improvements um, we're talking about, this is all setting the stage for an increased use of AI to speed this up. Yeah, I think there is a role for a number of the new technologies to fix this issue or given this market size to, to provide standardization. What I would say, rather than artificial intelligence or machine learning, which will have a role to play, is that I think the key thing about this market is that increased availability and increased efficiency of financing are really the primary benefits of whether it's harmonization, just talking about things in the same fashion, or newer technologies such as machine learning. So, for example, in the repo market today, it relies mainly on government securities as collateral and to a lesser extent in the U.S. agency securities. Collateral harmonization could open up financing for trillions of dollars of different classes of assets that are also high quality, enabling investors to hold higher yielding assets and also to secure financing against them. So the harmonization is likely to result in the markets getting bigger. Another benefit of the harmonization, whether it's through technology or whether it's through some of the operational alignment that we mentioned is that it'll make it easier for the true internationalization of the funding market, which is one of the topics that we discussed in the paper, bridging the collateral divide. If a client has assets in Asia Pacific, that would be ideal to post as collateral on a position in EMEA or in the EU or in the US. That ability to seamlessly transition the assets from one location to the other instantaneously would revolutionize the velocity of collateral and the ability for counterparties to meet collateral goals and for institutions to manage their capital and to manage their funding. There's also an opportunity in this market for ESG. While that's not necessarily tied to harmonization or new technologies, the world is more focused on this and providing solutions that allow investors and dealers to meet their ESG goals while participating in these important funding markets is also something that I think we'll see more of over the coming years. I think a lot of the technology now exists that allows people who participate in that market to manage to their ESG guidelines or the ESG principles. And then I would say, finally, the future state is not just about increased mobility or harmonization. It's about giving market participants the tools to act upon, whether it's their ESG or an expansion of the collateral that they deem acceptable. To add on to that, what is the actual market size? And um, do you expect, because you mentioned the ESGs, 
do you expect this um, to be an opportunity um, or do you expect the market to increase even more based on um, new um, sustainable financing vehicles that may come to, uh, to, to fruition, other collateral that is put to, into the markets for sustainable finance purposes? The best estimate of the collateral markets is somewhere in the region of $20 trillion. That's a sort of a global number. That's also a number that I think is probably uh, 2020. So when um, when I was referring to the likelihood that the collateral markets will grow, I think it's twofold. It's obviously the issuance of high quality liquid assets, but it's also the ability to use those assets in different parts of the world to secure either funding or financial obligations. And then I do think over time, particularly as uh, regulations such as UMR Phase Six, which is coming in this September, which will bring a large number of buy-side firms, some of which are smaller. It's more participants that are really going to be looking to utilize collateral to secure obligations. So I think it's the mobility of collateral will allow the collateral market to grow. The addition of new participants who are requesting collateral or requiring collateral to be posted them to them for, for obligations. And then an important component of that is just is the ESG, as you said, both in terms of the type of bonds that are being issued, but also investors and dealers being able to bring the principles that those firms have established and communicated to their clients to the funding and financing markets. And that's probably at an earlier stage now, but I I do anticipate that that's going to grow over the coming years. Interesting. So how is the situation different um, in the collateral markets in Europe and in the United States? So firstly, the United States collateral market is large and it's generally harmonized. It is a unified collateral marketplace, both from an issuance perspective and a settlement perspective. In the U.S., collateral assets, whether they're mortgages or treasuries or or government securities, they move relatively seamlessly from one custodian to another. So within this market, settlement terms are standardized. I did mention earlier the cutoff times. Cutoff times are uniform for the market opening and closing. And then messaging is codified. I would say there's also a fair amount of standardization with regard to valuation of particular assets. And then the classifications of collateral is is consistent. I think it's clear to all the market participants. That doesn't mean the U.S. collateral market doesn't have opportunities to improve it's just that it is largely a similar um, marketplace in terms of how it functions. The EU market is quite different then. As you'd expect, the collateral practices evolved in each one of the EU countries and the UK in a different fashion, uh, historically, uh, with the UK, France, and Germany all developing their own unique ways of settling and, and doing things. This means the EU is characterized by non standardized ways of valuing, messaging, uh, perhaps cutoff times in different markets related to custodians or CSD, central securities depositories, classifications, how, you know, what we name and how we um, classify those securities, and then also what is an eligible collateral from, from a financing perspective. So that makes it much harder for a market participant to move securities around Europe and utilize its inventory sitting in one country while its collateral assets are in another. I mean, this is really, this is both an opportunity and a challenge, and there's significant work underway to remedy this. 
I'll highlight one or two initiatives that I think, you know, answer your question. The first is known as SCORE, the Single Collateral Rulebook for Europe. And that's the European Union's formal attempt to harmonize this important European collateral market. So SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, promotes what approximates a truly domestic single market in the EU that's harmonized and seeks to overcome either barriers to inefficiency or obstacles to collateral being used that still exist largely for historical reasons. We're, we're fortunate in Vienna and Allen that the head of collateral for EMEA, Gaysabenda, who's based in our Frankfurt office, is currently the chairperson of the ECB's Collateral Management Harmonization Task Force. And we in BNR Mellon and in the collateral space are committed to seeing these enhancements introduced in Europe, as I think is the entire market. The second initiative is the implementation of ISO 22, which will create a defined messaging standard for collateral instructions that all of us in the industry will adhere to. That will make this market simpler from the perspective of actually moving and mobilizing collateral. Yes, that would be fantastic. Um, you had talked about the policy changes or what needs to happen in the legal framework. What about technology? What do you think um, are the opportunities for, for new technologies to help actually implement this? So the um, collateral marketplace, you know, if you define it globally, is a very innovative market that at BNY Mellon is, is really our collateral business is built on new collateral infrastructure, putting in place both in clearing and collateral over the last four or five years. So this market, I would say, if you look at it over a long period of time, there were many market participants that provided either collateral administration or tri-party uh, collateral services. Over the last several years, um, certainly um, post the 2008 crisis and some of the regulations and rules that we discussed earlier in this call that have come in place, more financial technology providers have entered the space. And I think um, they're, they're, as they become part of the established infrastructure of the market, and when I say that, I mean where they're tried and true from a resiliency perspective so that the market's really number one goal is to be resilient while at the same time being innovative. So you have, over the last several years, you have fintech providers that started to play a role in partnering with market participants, the collateral providers and receivers, and and connecting to the big pools of collateral also. So none of the new collateral providers are really providing all things to all people. I would say that there's a degree of specialization that's happening in some of these providers. So for example, some are focused on centralizing mar margin calls to a single messaging hub so that that can allow clients to actually manage their collateral in one location. Others are working with collateral agents like such as BNY Mellon to develop pre-trade analytics that help clients know where and who are the optimal counterparties for them to transact with. And then others improve the trade reconciliation or margin disputes and automate other processes, the margin call process that was before this point largely a manual process with lots of errors and certainly people intensive. And then there are others exploring the digital ledger technology, such as BNY Mellon, 
and HQLX, which is an entity that BNY uh, Mellon has an investment in. And then there's new entrants who sought to add and to improve the flow of collateral, whether it be in established practices such as margin calculation, trade settlement efficiency, and reporting. And each one of these various different functions that are helping to automate and, and improve this market, BNY Mellon is involved in really facilitating and and helping that market to grow and to improve. If a collateral market participant wishes to interact with BNY Mellon through one of these fintechs, we're open to working with them on that. And I think in the majority of cases, we have um, actually done so. One example is BNY Mellon's proprietary digitized collateral schedules through the first through both digitizing the underlying documentation and through our rural platform to offer this service. But we've recently um, enabled those collateral schedules through one of the technology providers that's large in security finance, Pyram's Collateral Connect, which gives clients um, real-time and centralized view of their margin obligations and inventory around the world. And enhances, obviously enhances the ability to utilize and to move collateral across our ecosystem. Another example of newer technologies and, and where things I think are improving is the partnership that we've that we facilitated with Google to refine our indicative technology to forecast whether a U.S. Treasury security settlement is likely to fail before it does so. This is called Fed Eligible Fails Indication Service. I think this service, which is really being well received by the market, the experience of that is likely to result in us taking that to other classes. At this point, it's really just offered uh, for Fed eligible securities, but that's using the infrastructure and technology of BNY Mellon and some of the computing power and uh, engineering of Google to develop a unique service that improves the market. I think also provides value to clients. So whether it be unique work that's done by the full service providers such as BNY Mellon from a from a technology perspective or collaborations such as the one I just mentioned related to indicative Fed sales prediction. There's a common spirit of cooperation and innovation in this market. And um these two these new technologies are making the global collateral marketplace more efficient. They are also making it more resilient and more safe, but they still I think rely on really the the infrastructure and the ecosystem of the important service providers such as BNY Mellon. We welcome the changes that are happening in this market, whether it be work that we're doing with our client to improve both the resiliency, the responsiveness, and the innovativeness of this market, or working with some of the fintech firms that are out there to provide the industry and our clients with a harmonized global marketplace for collateral. So it's a exciting, definitely an exciting time from a technology perspective to be in this market. It's, it's really fascinating. I want to drill a little bit deeper on, uh, um, I mean, you gave us uh, fantastic examples of some of the technological solutions. But when you're looking at the settlement infrastructure, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge of some of the issues um, that need to be addressed? And um, how do you see how the major market participants, both in Europe and in the U.S., can collaborate to overcome that challenge? In the thought leadership paper, we summarized what 
I think is many of which are actions that are being undertaken to improve this important market. And there is significant investment that's being made in infrastructure around the world. But I do think they fall into kind of three buckets. So first is increased connectivity so that the new technology and the ability to access collateral around the world is achieved through connecting to new pools of collateral, whether it be the connectivity that um, we have with some of the CSBs in Europe or some of the new markets in APAC. The second is the tools to mobilize that collateral once it's connected, to seamlessly move collateral around the world, and to use technology so that clients get a view of where their collateral is and they can manage cross-venue. And then I think the last is the important theme of this market being resilient and always on. And it is, at the end of the day, a market that's central to the reduction of risk in many markets, whether it be in FX or derivatives. And it is important also to the safe safety from the perspective of having reliable funding markets. So I think it's the, really the combination is increased innovation and increased automation. In the thought leadership, there are several practical recommendations, all of which are in different stages of being worked on by the industry. And what we endeavored to do with both Euroclear and PwC, whom we partnered with on this paper, was to articulate several opportunities for the market to work together on, on improving that. And those are all currently underway, whether they be the consistency of settlement hours across markets that we talked about related to Europe or things like speaking or classifying an asset, describing that asset in the same way across markets. So I, I do think much of what we're talking about is underway and over the coming years is going to lead to this market continuing to grow and to benefit from the investment and the automation that you know we talked a little bit about earlier. Fascinating, really fascinating. I think the last step in this in this process is really to create awareness about this this issue and encourage innovative um, fintech companies to participate and encourage um, you know policymakers on both sides of the Atlantic and beyond to speed up um, the process on this. You know, this is a conversation to be continued, but um, thank you so much for updating us on this. Very, very exciting development on a variety of levels. Thank you, Yvonne, and uh, it was good to be with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EACCNY Pulse. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast episode, and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on Transatlantic Business Insights. For more information about the European American Chamber of Commerce and how to join, please reach out to membership at eacny.com. We look forward to hearing from you.